Sephora stores are everywhere you are. So just pop in when you need a brown lip to match your 90s playlist, a confidence boost before your interview, or a last-minute gift for mom's birthday. There's always a Sephora near you. Just pop in. Use our store locator to find your local Sephora or Sephora at Kohl's. All right. Um, this is an important conversation to have and one that um, I've put off for far, far too long. Full disclosure, I don't have a dentist anymore. I had a great dentist, Dr. Berg. Remember the Seinfeld, Dr. Berg? <laughs> I actually had a dentist named Dr. Berg. Alec Berg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dr. Berg was my dentist, um, and uh, he was fantastic. He was wonderful, and then he retired. And um, I've gone to see his uh, colleague a couple times, another good guy, but um, the, the, the deal with me is I don't have a lot of teeth left, so there's not really any point in me going to see the dentist, except for I need some major, major reconstructive work. And I've told you before, let me be a warning to you. It's Coke Zero and Diet Coke for years and years and years and years have literally destroyed my teeth. I got it. I'm lucky because it's all the back teeth that are gone and crumbled and cracked and broken. Uh, the front ones still look okay, so I, I'm passable in public, but I don't know for how much longer. I'm going to have to do some serious work here. Um, and this is important because gum disease is a big deal. Um, apparently, it, 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 can, it has much more to do with your overall health than just your teeth. They call it the silent killer, which is really, really scary. Um, and a survey points out that 34 of Albertans don't really do anything for daily preventative oil, oral care, which is nasty. That's, that's not good. Uh, even I brush what teeth I have left. Um, and that puts you at risk for gum disease. So let's find out what's going on here. We're going to speak with Dr. Paresh Shaw. He's been practicing dentistry for 32 years now, uh, and we appreciate him taking some time from his practice to join us today. Doctor, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. Like I say, I've got some dental issues, but uh, living and learning. Um, Talking about this, some of the stats that you passed along, 34% of Albertans don't invest in daily preventive oral care. Are you, did, you mean like they're not even brushing their teeth, Doc? Yeah, uh, oh. and, and, and I don't think it translates. I mean, I think it translates right across the uh, sure. population. It's, uh, it, it's something that I... I yeah, I'm astounded at it sometimes as well. <laughs> <laughs> 65% have bleeding gums. Now, that's important. If your gums are bleeding, that's something you should take uh, notice of, correct? Absolutely. If you... If any other part of your body is bleeding, we're usually responding some way to stop the bleeding yeah. or to figure out what's going on. Uh, you know, use an antimicrobial if it's a, if it's a cut that we have. Um, but bleeding's a sign of uh, a problem. There's, in, you know, inflammation, bacteria, a wound. When we, why is this, we calling it the silent killer. Why? Why does that, what's the link there? Uh, poor oral health, how does that translate to something that could kill you? Well, okay, I guess, uh, you know, in some ways it, it might be a, a, a dramatic thing, but the, but the issue is that, you know, our oral health is linked to systemic wellness as well. We're all, it's all part of the same body. So, you know, there's bacteria, we have blood vessels, we, we have the bacteria that can permeate into into the bloodstream as well but there are um there are correlations between uh you know oral health and uh, you know just starting basically with inflammation in the mouth that can exacerbate other 
areas in your body, including heart disease, diabetes uh, is an issue as well, different hormonal changes. All of those things influence uh, influence us. And so oral health is, a, is an initial um, marker, like if there, if there is disease, that there may be something else going on. And at times, it can also make other uh, other issues that you may have health issues worse. Okay, gotcha. Um, so how do we prevent it? I mean, is that the best course of action? Or obviously, if you, if you can stop it before it happens, that's the best place to be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, recognizing signs of inflammation. A lot of people, they're not really aware that it's uh, it's as much of an issue. But if you've got bleeding when you're, if, if you're flossing, I say if because a lot of people don't. But if you if you're bleeding when you're flossing, bleeding when you're brushing your teeth, uh, spontaneous bleeding if you touch your gums. I mean, that's a sign that there's something going on. And usually, it's related to some bacteria. But how do you prevent it? Uh, See a dentist or hygienist. Like, do that. Find out how to actually, uh, what to look for and how to maintain, uh, your, your, your tissues and your health. Uh, I mean, sorry, your tissues and your gums in good health. Um, find, uh, once you've learned and been taught a good technique, um, find some product specific, uh, uh, or products that are specific to reducing inflammation, something like Colgate PerioGuard, where it has an antibacterial formulation that's been clinically proven to reduce inflammation, um, and learn how to utilize all of these properly. There are good brushing techniques, and there are brushing techniques that are not great. Can you describe a good brushing technique on the radio? Well, uh, it's it's a little bit hard, but you have to you have to be sure that. You're, you're covering all the surfaces of the teeth. And that's why it's important to have a combination of things, including flossing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and, and spend a little time at it too, right? That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, if you can spend a little time, a couple of times a day at least, you're going to be good. You're going to be able to maintain or at least uh, minimize the risk of inflammation. Is that the. Get rid of some of the bacteria that cause. Uh, the inflammation. Is that the main risk factor? It's just you're not looking after them, you're not cleaning your teeth, or is there other things that people do that makes it worse? Oh, there are other things. You know, um, smoking doesn't help, makes things worse. Uh, diabetes, uh, uh, you're, with diabetes, you're going to heal slower, your body heals slower, so you're at a higher risk. Uh, heart disease, uh, there are certain uh, times where it'll also exacerbate and vice versa. Um, patients who are on radiation and chemo, they may be more susceptible. There's a, a condition called Sjogren's syndrome, the dry mouth, and all of a sudden you risk uh, yeah. some of that. And then, of course, pregnancy and hormonal changes and menopause, all of those things. Question for you as a guy who's been a dentist for 32 years. Part of me, I'm at a point now, and like, and like I, I fully admit, I'm, I'm a disaster. And it, to me, it's embarrassing. <laughs> like, it would literally be embarrassing for me to go see a dentist now and have to open my mouth and let them see what's doing in there. Uh, right. how, how, I mean, is that something you encounter quite a bit? A lot. I really do. And, and here's the thing. I mean, uh, I, I'm, I don't know. I think the, the best way to do it, like, is to find a, a dentist and a hygienist that are not going to ridicule and belittle you when you come in because it is embarrassing for some people. Mm-hmm. It's it's going in, explaining where you you know 
maybe why and how you got there, but we don't have to go back through all that history. Uh, we just have to understand it and try and make small steps along the way. Uh, that's the hardest thing. A lot of people just are too scared to come in. They're fearful of the dentist. They're fearful of pain. They're fearful of cost, all of those things. And just coming, you know, finding a place where they're going to just teach you how to look after things yourself, really basic stuff, is a big step. Is it a lot different? Like, and I'm getting people on the text line who say they haven't been to a dentist in 20 years. I mean, because it hurt and somebody had the metal hook in their mouth and they couldn't stand it and they're too scared to go back. Have things changed a lot recently around dentistry? If you haven't been there in five years, say, or 10 years, would it be a much different experience than it used to be? Um, I would say it is. Uh, you know, we, we, we have uh, topical local anesthetics that we can apply. We can actually give our regular local anesthetics as well, just to reduce some of the um, discomfort the very first time they're having, uh, having their teeth clean and, their t- uh, and working around the gums. Because that is uncomfortable the first time. Yeah. And once you get through that and we teach the patient how to look after things better and then using some of the, uh, um, some of the anti-inflammatory, uh, like toothpaste and things like Colgate Perioguard, um, then subsequent visits become a lot easier and more routine. A couple questions from the audience that I think are good. I'm going to ask you, um, what about the difference between genetics? Like, do some people just have better teeth than others? Like, when I was a kid growing up, I didn't do a whole lot of dental care. I mean, the bare minimum. And I never had a cavity doc, ever. And I knew friends and cousins who did. You know what? Sure. Genetics plays a role with every aspect of our body. So there are some susceptibilities when you might come to that. But the reality is just proper oral hygiene reduces risk and knowing how to do it and the consistency of it, uh, of how you're doing it. Those are important things. And so you can definitely reduce risk by improving your oral care. No matter what you were given. Um, yeah. And, and some people asking, is there any, is there any value in buying those electric toothbrushes or the water, you know, the, all the different ones are just a plain old toothbrush from the dentist's office. Is that going to work just as well? You know what? Uh, like anecdotally in my practice, we have noticed improvements for people who have moved to, let's say, a powered brush. Uh, but again, it's all related to technique. And I think sometimes people don't, like, especially some of our older patients, their dexterity is not great. So it's harder for them to okay. maneuver yeah. a conventional toothbrush. For some people, they're just not utilizing the toothbrush and floss the appropriate way. If you do that, you're going to be just fine. And for some people, it's just a convenience thing. So any aid is really good. Yeah, just do it. Absolutely. It doesn't matter yeah, what you use, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> Dr. Shaw, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you being here today.